Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk about what it really takes to make six figures as a content creator today. Kajabi recently surveyed over 2,000 content creators to learn more about their revenue streams, how they were making money, and what they were looking to do in the future. And I wanted to just kind of go through this report with you because I thought it was really interesting. I'm not a Kajabi customer. I use Thinkific for my courses, but it was really compelling data. And as somebody who is apparently in the top 4% of creators in terms of revenue, I thought that I could add some insight into how I've been able to build my content creation business without having millions and millions of followers. So the first interesting piece of the study really comes right above the fold, which is cool. So it looks like 66% of creators that they studied made or that they surveyed made most of their income from just one revenue source in 2022. And that revenue source was brand deals. Now, brand deals are a part of my revenue streams. In fact, we have a wonderful sponsor today for the podcast Munch, which is a really amazing repurposing tool. I'll tell you more about them in a minute. Link down below if you want to check them out now. Yeah, brand deals are a part of how I make money online, but I actually don't really put too much energy into it when it comes to talking to you all about, you know, maybe how to build your businesses, lessons I've learned, things like that, because they're a great way to supplement your income. They're a great way to support up and coming brands or established brands that you want to support. But they're not usually like a long term brand building type of activity. I would much rather a new content creator spend time creating something that they can sell like a course, like a membership, like a community, like a, you know, ebook, a real book, you know, whatever, than going to hunt down brand deals in most cases. And I think this is where a lot of creators uh, miss the mark when they're first starting out because they put all of their energy into brands, but a brand can pay me $5,000 today. And that's great for today. And, you know, the next couple of months as I live off of that, but that hasn't earned me any potential for recurring revenue or for passive revenue. It's kind of just one and done. And I'm really benefiting the brand more than me in the long term. And so then the report kind of goes into exactly what I just said, where they believe we're entering the era of creator ownership, which I love. I love that term. And I totally agree. If you want to be a high earning creator today, I believe that you need to be selling something of your own, whether that's a service that could be a service, it could be a product. I always encourage people to choose two, 
choose a service and choose a product. So I do consulting. I have an agency that I'm actively running, but I also have digital products and things that can sell for me while I am away and unable to do hands-on, you know, full service work. So let's talk about these secrets. It looks like there's three different parts for secrets of six-figure content creators. First off, they have at least five revenue streams. Lower earning creators have two revenue streams on average and six figure creators leverage five or more. So five plus revenue streams are in the 100 to 150 K range and seven plus revenue streams are earning 150 K or more. I'll put a link where I go through each of my revenue streams. Some of them are very small and sometimes I'm like, do I really need to be doing this? And absolutely. I think there's a balance between taking a breath doing things that you like to do, scaling back where you need to and diversifying. But even those little revenue streams add up. I think one of my lowest revenue streams was affiliate income, which was like 9% of my revenue. In terms of dollars, I think that was like over $40,000. I don't know, I'm bad at doing math in my head, but it was a good amount of revenue. It was really a full-time income on its own just through affiliate links. So I think it is really important that creators are able to get a little scrappy, get a little creative. When I first signed up for Amazon affiliate program, I wasn't expecting much to come out of it. And frankly, not a lot has come out of it, but it's something and it's something that you can scale because here's what I've learned over the years of being a creator is you have to learn how to scale things, pull the lever on things, flex up and down because every year has been different. I've been in business as a freelancer for over 10 years in some shape or form. And I've been a full-time creator, you could say for about five years. Every single one of those five to 10 years has been different. My revenue stream breakdown has looked different. My passions have been different. The industry has looked different. So let's say next year, nobody wants to watch YouTube videos anymore. Well, there are other things that I can sell in other ways that I can make money, even other sponsorship spots that I can sell because I have a podcast, because I you know, have an Instagram, a TikTok, all these different things. So the point is you've got to be creative and you've got to always kind of be thinking about what if my main revenue stream went away tomorrow? You don't want to live in fear. You don't want to give yourself constant anxiety, but you should have that in the back of your mind of like, okay, if my main revenue stream went away, how would I make money? And how can I start building that secondary stream tomorrow? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
I'm so happy to share that Munch is sponsoring today's episode. Munch's AI technology transforms lengthy videos into bite-sized social media optimized clips that captivate audiences and keep brands ahead of the game. Whether your client is a podcaster or maybe they're a corporate company that hosts a lot of webinars, or maybe they're a speaker who does public speaking events and has long form videos from that, Munch can help you cut these down and optimize them for social media platforms. All you gotta do is create a new project, then select the platforms that you're looking to create videos for. From there, you will paste in the link of the video or you can upload the video file. Give it a little bit of time and Munch will automatically find the clips that are most likely to be compelling and interesting to watch on the social media platforms that you've selected. They'll also automatically put captions on there for you, which of course you can edit. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. And I will leave a link for you down below. Okay, so here's the revenue stream breakdown of the top earning six-figure creators. First up is digital products like courses, eBooks, templates via a marketplace like Kajabi um, or Thinkific, which is my choice. Platform payouts, so that would be like YouTube AdSense, uh, podcast programmatic ads, things of that nature. Third was physical products, so maybe that's merch, maybe that's a book, something like that. In-person consulting slash coaching was next up. And the last was online consulting and coaching, which is actually really surprising to me. So content creators who are making the most money are actually doing the least amount of online consulting or coaching. Is that weird to anybody else? That is really surprising to me. Digital products is number one. That was number one for me too. I believe it was 40% of my revenue last year was from online courses, digital products. The thing that is different for me though, I will say, is my digital products are not just digital products. My best-selling courses and digital products are more immersive, hands-on, more consulting slash coaching style courses. The Social Media Management Accelerator was responsible for 50% of that 40%, so about 20% of my total revenue. And uh, yeah, it's really like a live mentorship program with an evergreen course that you get kind of as a bonus. Adding a live component to my courses has enabled me to charge higher rates. My toolbox, which is a template pack, is $55. The Social Media Management Accelerator is $600. So there are two very different ends of the spectrum and there's no way that I could charge $600 for the toolbox or that I could do so ethically and feel good about it. Not that I don't think it's valuable. I think it's an amazing product, but I don't think it's worth $600. So that is something if you are a creator, if you're looking for ways to charge more for your courses and programs, maybe consider adding some of this online consulting slash coaching into them to, you know, boost that number up. Platform payouts for me has went down the toilet. Let's just say I've talked about that at length. YouTube decided um, they don't like me anymore, I suppose. So I am not getting too much from ads on YouTube. I have been able to turn on programmatic ads through Spotify for podcasters. So that enables some pre-roll ads, which is a nice additional uh, revenue stream. It does not, it's not much at all. I'm still in early days of that, but it definitely is not 
is not much. Physical products is one that I haven't really attempted yet. I've had merch back in the day, but I never really went through with that. I am launching a book hopefully by the summer. So that I guess will kind of count. In-person consulting and coaching, I don't do much of. So that's really interesting that more top creators are doing in-person consulting and coaching versus online. Very interesting. It's something I want to do. Let me know in the comments if you would ever come to an event, like a workshop or something like that. Um, I don't know, we could do it here in Detroit or maybe I could do a little tour and go on the road. Now this one is really fascinating to me as well. And I totally agree with the top results. They asked how much money would you lose in a year if you lost access to one of these social platforms? YouTube was the biggest answer. 42% of people surveyed said that they would lose 50K plus a year if they lost access to YouTube. You guys, YouTube is powerful when you are looking to create authoritative content, when you're looking to make a full-time income, when you're looking to make a high income online. I would never be one to say there's only one way to do things, so I don't wanna make it sound that way, but I am just very passionate about the opportunity in YouTube, even though they don't really pay me for ads anymore. It still is something that I'm investing in, and there's a reason for that. It's because there's just such a huge potential to reach a large amount of people, a targeted amount of people, and people who are looking to really learn from you and get to know you and build a relationship with you. Whereas some of these short form platforms, they can be great for reach. They can be great for those initial eyeballs, but their people are just swiping. And I think YouTube is very different in that regard. So I totally agree with this answer. And I just always encourage creators, you know, no matter the size of your following, no matter which platform you started on, like consider YouTube. I'm just saying, consider YouTube, consider a podcast because I just think it really does facilitate um, you know, sales a little bit better than some of the other platforms. Next, people said Instagram, 38% of people said Instagram. Um, I know a lot of people make a lot of money from sponsorships on Instagram. That's never something that I've really tapped into. TikTok, 37% in Facebook, 36. Interesting, Facebook, I, I, I would guess, I would hazard a guess that a lot of these creators are using Facebook groups to funnel people to their paid products. But I could be wrong. They could be also, you know, posting their videos on there too. It looks like the top channels for lead gen were Instagram at 22%, YouTube for 21% and TikTok for at 19%. And then for building communities, it was those same, well, now actually YouTube 22%, TikTok 22% and Facebook 18%. Again, I'm going to guess a lot of people are using Facebook groups and that's why that's on here. Um, yeah, interesting. So lead gen is getting people's names and email addresses into your, you know, your email sequence somehow or into a CRM or something. YouTube is absolutely how I've built my email list to over 30,000 people. I have a free ebook that's linked in the description box of all of my YouTube videos. And that gets me a very consistent stream of email signups every single month. I don't really talk about it. I don't really point to it. It's just kind of there. And it's great in that regard. This part was a little sad to me and I wanna, I wanna talk about it. I'm not you know, villainizing these creators by any means. Everyone's gotta eat. But it said that 60% of six-figure creators admit they'd consider working with brands that don't align with their values if the paycheck were big enough. 
One of the things that I love about having over, you know, seven different revenue streams is that I don't have to really do anything. Like I don't have to work with a brand if they don't align with my values. I don't have to sell a course if I don't want to. Obviously, I've got to still do some of these things, but I can swap the different streams that I am prioritizing at the moment and make sure that they are aligning with my values. So this is just another another vote for multiple revenue streams. I'm not going to say that I've never worked with a brand that maybe has done something questionable after we've worked together or whatever, but it is really important to me that my values do align with the brands that I work with and also that they align with yours. I mean, my audience is my number one priority and it has to be as a creator, even if you're just doing it for selfish reasons, because if your audience abandons you, if your audience gives up on you, if they stop believing in you, none of this other stuff is going to work at the end of the day in order to get brand deals, in order to sell products, in order to go to events, any of that stuff, you still have to have the numbers to back it up. And yeah, I think that communities are definitely built over shared values and shared experiences. So if I'm choosing something that aligns with my values, chances are it will also align with at least the majority of yours. Looks like high earning uh, creators use AI twice as often as other creators. So daily 29%, weekly 43%, monthly 14, once every few months, 7% and never at 3%. I use AI very, very infrequently. I think the one AI tool that I'm using right now is today's sponsor, Munch. I also use a tool called Cast Magic, which does something similar, but for the transcripts of my videos. So I like those tools just because they take what's already mine and then just kind of chop it up or pull out interesting highlights or give me quick summaries. I'm not saying I'm the world's best writer, but I am writing a book. I should be practicing writing every day if at least my Instagram captions or email newsletters, right? So leaning into what you do best, that's the camp that I'm in. Okay, here's an interesting one. 75% of six-figure creators own a home, 59% have health insurance, and 36% regularly invest in a 401k. I'm proud to say that I'm finally a part of the 36%. Uh, You know, here's the thing about being a full-time creator. None of this stuff is as typical, as traditional as working at a nine to five job. When you work at a nine to five job, they're like, Hey, do you want to do your 401k? Here's paperwork you fill out. There you go. You know, health insurance comes out of your paycheck. Owning a home, I guess is kind of the same process, but a little bit different because you don't give your pay stub to the mortgage person, to the bank. You got to do a lot of other things. I did a whole video on that. I'll link it if you want to check that out. But Yeah, it is very different. I am still very much learning about that, but I do know that keeping large amounts of money in a checking account is a bad idea. Oh, one thing I want to say about the home thing, though, I did do a whole podcast episode about buying a home as a freelancer, as an independent, you know, professional, if you will. A lot of people told me it is so hard to become a homeowner when you have inconsistent freelance income. And that just was not true for me. As long as you are doing a good job of bookkeeping and keeping financial records, you shouldn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem, at least. I think this type of work is becoming more common. They just want to see that you have money to 
afford the mortgage. Don't over purchase, you know, don't buy more than you can really afford and you'll probably be okay. So something that I did before, you know, a year or so before I knew that I really wanted to look for a home as I invested in a bookkeeper and an accountant, somebody who could make sure that my books were really, really in order so that it would be easy for me to give my profit and loss statement to the mortgage company and all of that stuff. So don't be afraid if you want to own a home. Don't be afraid if you're a freelancer or if you're a content creator, just make sure your records are in order. Here are the niches that are hitting six figures the fastest. This was so surprising to me because my niche is not on here. And I was, I was really surprised to learn that actually. You would think the online business, marketing, consulting, whatever you wanna call me, I don't even know how to categorize myself anymore, but you would think this industry is the fastest, but it's not. Beauty, 42% of uh, creators said that beauty was the fastest to hit six figures. Very interesting. When you think about it, there is a lot of opportunity for beauty creators. You can use affiliate links, you can do brand deals, you can get paid for ads and people like to pay for ads on beauty channels because, you know, they can advertise more beauty products. You can also sell your own products. I guess I think that's a little bit less common in the beauty niche, but it's absolutely possible. Next up was fitness, which that one is not quite as surprising to me. It makes sense because lots of coaching communities, eBooks, downloads, courses, and then gaming was at 36%. Um, guessing that's mostly sponsorships and ad revenue, but, uh, kind of surprising to hear that business is not in that mix. All right. So the third part of the report dives into who exactly six figure content creators are. What are some of the demos? So not surprising to see that it skews a little more heavily male. 57% of six-figure creators are male. Representing for the 41% of females, shout out to you if you're one of them. And I also want to tell you as a female who is in this category, it is absolutely possible. If I can serve as an example or inspiration or a source of education for you, it is absolutely possible. I have had every single reason why I shouldn't be making this amount of money, uh, but I but I am. And I think that's the amazing thing about the internet is it has really democratized the ability to earn money. I do not have to abide by the same old societal constructs that I experienced in corporate. Uh, I'm not saying there isn't still challenging things, but it is absolutely possible. And 2% uh, identified as non-binary. 80% of these creators have a bachelor's degree or higher. So when people tell me, oh, so you don't use your film degree or you don't use your political science degree, I get very offended by that, frankly, because I'm making videos every single day of my life. No, I'm not working on a film set, but I absolutely am using skills that I learned in school. And I think even if you're not using your exact degree per se, going to college teaches you a lot about deadlines, about, you know, just sending professional emails, little things like that. Also networking. I wasn't, I had like no friends in college. I had like a handful, but if you joined any types of clubs or organizations, networks also help you immensely in your career. Now I want to say and acknowledge that I know not everybody can go to college. I was very fortunate to get a scholarship to college without it. I probably would not have gotten a four-year degree. If you do not have a bachelor's degree, if that is out of reach for you, 
my advice is to educate yourself however you can and continuously educate yourself as well. I am almost 33 years old. I've been out of college for, you know, a long time and I still read books all the time. I take courses now and again. I go to conferences. I invest in mentorship and coaching in areas that I need it because the online world, it changes all the time. There's no possible way that, you know, I can keep up with everything on my own. So I really do believe that to make it as a content creator, you have to be willing to learn and educate yourself on an ongoing basis. Follower account. Okay, here's a really, really amazing part that I want everybody to tune into. 25% of these six-figure creators have less than 10,000 followers. 37% have between 10 and 100,000 followers. Then it actually goes down. 33% have one to 999K, and only 5% have over a million followers. Now, the data is probably a little skewed here because I'm sure a lot of people who have over a million followers aren't taking a Kajabi study. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong there. But I want you to pay attention to that. 37% of six-figure creators, the ones surveyed at least, have under 100,000 followers. I made six figures before I had 100,000 followers, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think I was doing probably more full-service agency work, but I was making over six figures uh, with under 100,000 followers. So keep that in mind. You know, It's this thing that I repeat over and over again, right? Outcomes versus optics. It looks really good to get a million bajillion views and have a bunch of followers. It looks really good, but it doesn't always result in tangible success in revenue. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times you don't need all that. What you really need to do is focus on your existing community, on your target niche, really hone in on them. And, and that's the best thing that you can do. So really fascinating to see. And it's also interesting to see how it kind of goes down a little bit. I actually have a bit of a theory that when people get too big, people start to lose some connection with creators. I've even experienced that myself. I feel like after I hit a hundred thousand followers, things started to get a little weird. I started to get a little bit more of the negative comments or people saying I'm not relatable or things like that. So I actually think there is a lot of power in staying small or being small. And there's a lot of opportunity, even if you don't have a ton of followers. Okay, so the last part of this report is a bit of a creator forecast. So here's what Kajabi creators are worried about, predict what they want in the future. Number one, they want to unionize. I am here for this. I totally agree. Nearly half of these six-figure creators would join a creator union in the future. I think the sag after strike really uh, shook a lot of people up and made people realize, yes, we're not actors, we're not celebrities, all of this, but we have a very similar industry to them in that we were paid per project and you know we work on contract and things like that. And I think it kind of uh, woke a lot of people up. Number two, the top three challenges that six-figure creators are worried about in 2024 are number one, impacts from inflation, number two, platform volatility, and number three is growing their audience. For me, I would say platform volatility is at the top. Inflation is absolutely something that's on my mind too, though, when I think about selling to consumers, right? When you think about courses or selling tickets to something, those are real human beings who have to make choices. And if they can't afford it, you know, that's going to affect your income as well. Nearly 50% of six-figure creators don't, don't trust social platforms. 
Uh, there's, you know, TikTok's new creativity program, there's YouTube ad sensors, all these different things, but it looks like creators are really not holding their breath to make money from these platforms. And I totally agree. And I just want to echo kind of what I said about brand sponsorships, same thing for platform payments. Do not build your whole business model around TikTok's creativity fund or YouTube AdSense or podcast programmatic ads. They can be nice. They can be a bonus. Of course, we appreciate them. I would love to see those payments go up, but when it comes down to it, like I can't trust anybody but myself, you know, I am going to invest in myself and my own business and selling my own things. And this creator ownership idea that this report talks about AI usage, 73% of six figure creators be, believe AI will help save over 26 hours a week in the new year. 56% believe AI tools will be one of the best ways to reduce burnout. We've talked about burnout. I did a whole YouTube video kind of about YouTube burnout and yeah, it's a real thing. I think we need to work smarter for some sure that may be AI for others that may mean building a team for others that may be just scaling back a little bit. I'm changing the way I'm doing things. I'm really digging into my data and seeing where exactly are people coming from? Do I need to be doing all the things? Can I be doing a little bit less? And that's where I've kind of been at for the year. Before the sign off, I just want to say also, you know, six figure this, six figure that, seven figure, blah, blah, blah. I, I know it gets really like, kind of cheesy and annoying. And I really believe that you don't need to be making six figures to be a real creator or to be a happy or successful creator. I just want to reiterate that it's all about defining success for yourself. Figure out exactly what you need to live on. Some people are going to need less than six figures. Some people are going to need multiple six figures to maintain the lifestyle that they desire for themselves and, you know, based on where they live in the world and all of that. So just always keep your own goals in mind. I get it. It's just a convenient kind of place to start talking, but it is not going to be what's needed for everybody. Um, I was very happy before I was making six figures. I would say I was the same level of happy before I was making that as a creator. And I am finally at a place. I think I'm still learning this, of course, but I'm getting to a place where I'm not only defining my success by a number. I am okay with earning a little bit less. If that means my health is prioritized, that was a big thing for me last year. I had a lot of health issues and I realized it was because I was working too hard, frankly. So, you know, just my little note there, you are a real creator. You are a successful creator, no matter how much you're making, if it's, if it's lighting you up and if it's making you happy. So hope this report was interesting though. And if you have any questions for me about content creation and diversification of income and all the things that we talked about, feel free to leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube and you can subscribe on the podcast platforms, the YouTube channel, and be sure to check out our sponsor Munch in the show notes as well. I'll talk to you in my next episode. Bye.